Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path of his Guru Maharaji and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org So practice, you got to do practice. I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Thank you. Um, I'm really enjoying being here. I'm my first time experiencing something like this. Me too. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you about karma, because uh, you were saying about when you get a negative thought, you have different options, the way you, you know, pursue it, you can... Uh, let it go or try and mm-hmm. get, ang- get, it, get more angry or mm-hmm. just fall into it. Um, so I know for myself in my past, uh, I've made some, you know, I've been on that roller coaster where I haven't really been thinking about uh, my emotions and I've been uh, reacting rather than going forward. And there's probably a whole lot of people that have been affected along the way. Everybody. Yeah. And so for my own karma, I would like to resolve those things that I felt that I could have done better, Mm -hmm. uh, situations I could have handled better. And I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Like um, if you've hurt people in your past that you want to redress the situation, but uh, I just wondered what your thoughts are, because sometimes people don't want to be a situation, you you might be in a different frame of mind, but they might not be, or, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm just speaking very generally, but I just mean with respect to your own karmic uh, situation. Yeah. Well, you know, there's the inner and the outer. Uh, on the outer, in the outer world, not everybody we've hurt wants to forgive us. That's their problem. Our work is to um, is to release all that energy that's blocked up in those intense emotions. And I don't think we need to try to forgive other people right off the bat. I think we need to first kind of calm ourselves down and learn how to kind of get back into our bodies a little bit. Because with trauma, we're really blasted into outer space. And it's physical too. I mean, the adrenal glands go on alert and they're pumping adrenaline into the body and they don't stop. There's not an easy way to, to, to change that physical response. And then around the adrenalized uh, self, a whole 
other storylines are built up, but they're all built up based on that wall of adrenaline, and you know, so you're already outside of yourself and building more outside of yourself, ourselves. You know, just sit down, relax. You're never going to figure anything out, so it's okay. Relax, take it easy, let yourself be here, because you're nowhere else. Might as well be here. Watch your breath come in and out. That's going to be there no matter what you're experiencing. And just be with that. Let it come, let it go. And then you notice it, okay. You see, it's not easy. But it's the beginning of pulling that energy out of the trauma responses, out of those programs, and letting it be, sit inside of yourself. And then at, you reach a certain point, you may need some, you want some help, you need some counseling, somebody to talk to, because talking really helps, uh, really helps open up some of those places where we've been wounded and hiding from that wound ourselves. So that can be very useful or not. It's completely an individualized, you know, experience. But on the other hand, people can talk all day and never, never let go. Yeah, my father was a therapist. That's how he made his money. People talked all day and never let go and came back the next week and did it again. <laughs> he didn't want them to let go. No, actually he did. That was, he was a very unusual guy. But for the most part, so you have to kind of cultivate that letting go response, the releasing response. So you just sit there, five minutes, whatever. Whatever amount of time you, you just make a deal with yourself, okay, I'm going to do my best for the next few minutes to just release, just sit calmly and release. And you'll see if you, how little you can do that, but that's a good, a good wake-up call. I mean, that shows you, because that shows you how much the trauma is really still grabbing you. So all you can do is let go. You can't solve it. You can't re rewind and live it again. So the most, the best thing, best, it seems to me the best idea is to try to really be here with it as much as you can. Don't judge. Oh, I'm such a schmuck. I did this. That's a thought. That's just a thought, right? But it's a knee jerk. It's an, it's, it comes from, it's just living inside of us, that view of ourselves. I'm no good, I hurt all these people, I did all this, and this, blah, blah, blah. So, not really, you know, it's not that you're no, not good. You just, you yourself are, we are all been programmed by our lives to do certain things. The fact that we're at all interested in releasing the energy of those programs and freeing ourselves from the programs, and then the program about judging ourselves for being caught in the program, and then the program about that program. You know? Because everything, most of our lives are just programs. Automatic responses based on reactions to situations that are purely subjective. We all live in our own version of reality. So, get familiar with yours, and just Give yourself a break and sit for five minutes, three minutes, and just watch your breath come in and out. And every time you, you, know, you find yourself 
you know, on that train of that program, uh, okay, come back. Just little by little. Whatever helps you come back is good. So if chanting helps you, if listening to chanting helps you while you're sitting there, but pay attention, because so, you can be listening to chanting and still be lost in those programs, You're not letting go. You cannot be aware. We don't chant or listen to chant to have any particular type of experience. We're not trying for any particular type of experience, some kind of bliss, some kind of happiness, some kind of ecstasy. You know, we're using the practice to help us come back. Because here is where everything is. You want bliss, this is where it is. You want happiness, it's not there. It's not in the past, it's not in the future, it's here. So we have to get back here. So, and then once you kind of get a little familiar with that feeling of letting go, that, that action starts to happen by itself through the day. Where a situation will arise and you go, ah, you know, and you just go the other direction. Where you start making different types of choices about where you go, what you do, who you do it with. Because all of a sudden it doesn't feel quite right. Nobody has to tell you. We just have to listen. So. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I sort of do a lot of that now, but mm -hmm. I, it was more in the past where I'm going, oh, <laughs> 10 yeah, years ago, yeah. I really wish, oh, 20 years ago even. Yeah. You know. But, but uh, that's all right here, isn't it? Yeah. So we're doing it to ourselves even right now. What happened 30 years ago, you know. And uh, so once you notice that a little bit more, and you get to notice it as you slow down. Now, you can either just watch your breath or whatever practice helps with you. Asana practice, if you do it with awareness and, and you know, if you stay with the feeling of the body, with it. That's not if you're just like, you know, trying to you know be the best whatever you know so all, anything you do with the right intention will help and then you start and then your intentions are are clarified the more you practice too because you get a, you get a hint oh yeah this is what this is what it feels like when you let go when you're not totally immersed obsessed you know we're so used to being obsessed with ourselves that it's ridiculous to even think about it. But through practice, it becomes a little bit possible, a little by little. Thank you. Yeah. Or so they say. I'm still waiting myself. Hi. Um, I have a question about the benefits of chanting. Specifically, I know we talk a lot about the pain management and neg removing the negative not robbing banks and doing away with pain and helping that. So I actually don't want to talk about that part. I want to talk about the benefits that are on the positive side. No. <laughs> Why? Because anything I say will then be a, something that you aspire to. And it will be in the way of you actually getting here. If I say, as soon as you can watch your breath for like, actually five breaths in and five breaths out, you will experience such bliss that you're gonna fucking go crazy. I guarantee you, you will never, it'll never happen. I don't, I don't do that. I just say, you remove 
the darkness from your heart, you will feel what you want to feel. But if I say what it is, first of all, that would, that would assume that I know what I'm talking about, which I don't. If I feel what it is, then you'd be looking for that. And it's very hard not to look for that. You know, my friend Bob Thurman, he's one of the Dalai Lama's closest disciples. Known him for so, so many years. But his first guru was uh, Geshe Wangyal, who was a Mongolian Lama who had a little place in New Jersey. This is back in the 60s. And Bob met him and totally just, he realized this was his guru. He was about to go be a monk somewhere or something like that. And he gave it all up and went to study with, be with Geshe Wangyal. Geshe Wangyal would never let him meditate. Bob wanted to meditate, you know, and he would sneak out of his room in the middle of the night and go into the temple in the dark, and he'd sit there, and he'd just start to meditate, and all of a sudden the lights would go on, and Geshe Wangyal, what are you doing? Come on, let's go, let's go have some tea, what are you doing here? Come on, get up, come on, let's go. Because Bob, Bob wanted a certain experience, he wanted this bliss, and he knew he could get it through meditation. But his guru knew better. His guru knew that if he even got a taste of that bliss, he would never be able to let go of it and go past that. Because bliss is only one type of experience. Real bliss is another thing. Most of what we call bliss is just a little less pain. You know? But the real bliss of our true nature is unending. But we can get stuck in very pleasant states of mind and never let go of them. Never, it was impossible to let go of them. I was just going to use an example which I won't use. So you can imagine. Very hard to let go of pleasant experiences. Very hard. But it's not, but it's just another experience. So you. Clean the mirror of your heart and everything you see, everything you do will be full of bliss and happiness. And uh, don't worry about what you experience during the practice or from the practice. Practice is meant to transform your life and make you a good human being, a caring, kind, compassionate, strong, powerful human being in the world. It's not meant to give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, that you just sit in your room and meditate and, and you don't give a shit about anybody else. So this is, that's the way I present this practice. I just told you more than I should have. No, I like that last part about the caring, compassionate... That's what practice does. Yeah. It transforms your life. It, it, you don't experience that. You can't, because it's the evaluator it's the evaluation machine that's being turned off slowly. But since we identify with that evaluation machine, we don't notice that it's evaluating less and less until at some point it becomes apparent that we're less obsessive, we're less angry, we're less selfish, we're less guilt-ridden, we're less fearful. That's what happens through practice. And it all happens off the mat. I mean, you very rarely sit down to meditate and have an epiphany. It's usually when you're feeling, putting gas in the car or watching a movie or something. You go, 
oh, and then everything's different. So it's not, the best, the best method is not to have in your mind something that, you know, well, if I do this, I'm going to feel that. You can do that. But usually, certain practices are taught by a guru when they are with the disciple for a period of time so they can lead them through the places where we will get caught. You know, it's very hard for us not to want to feel pleasurable experiences. But it's very hard for us to recognize that my pleasure, my pleasant experience, whatever that might be, doesn't necessarily benefit anybody else. My eating ice cream doesn't, doesn't uh, help somebody in India who's starving to death. But my caring about people might help somebody who's starving to death. So most of us tend to use spiritual practice as a way to eat more ice cream and get, feel better about ourselves because we're so needy of love and affection. And so that's a good thing to notice as we go through our lives. Because that's not necessarily the, uh, the best way to go about actually becoming a good human being. The, uh, certain of the Tibetan uh, lineages look at other lineages and say, look at that guy sitting on a rock, looks like a frog. You know, just because the guy's in samadhi, you know. Well, I would take the fucking samadhi. You know, I don't care if I look like a frog. But these other lineages have a different way of looking at it, and they avoid getting stuck in those kind of places because they see it as a, as, as a dead end because that's not the goal, ultimately, for real happiness, for real love. It's to be who you are. It's not a state of mind. So. So just one quick follow-up. Yeah, yeah. So... How does chanting and having a practice of chanting lead you to be a better person? What's the relationship between the ch chanting, doing the chanting, and then somehow mm -hmm. you are more compassionate and you are a better person? How does that work? Because when you're chanting, you're training yourself to let go of whatever you're thinking, feeling, or imagining. You're training yourself to be here. And it's all those thoughts that arise, we don't know where they come from, that we think all day long, that we believe all life long, and we obsess about all the time, those are the things that, that push us around and create suffering for us. So when we're chanting or practicing of some kind, we are agreeing with ourselves, okay, when I notice I'm not paying attention, I'm going to come back to the chant. And every time you notice, you come back. And that creates this uh, inner training, inner reaction to being stuck in something. And you notice more quickly, little by little, you start to notice more quickly how stuck you are again, and you come back. And that functions all through your, your daily life as well. Like you could be driving, and you, you just be like, oh, geez, I've just been spaced out for an hour and a half. I haven't been present at all which you would have never noticed if you didn't start doing a practice. And then once you're spaced out like that in dreamland, 
somebody cuts you off, you get no vote over your reaction, for instance. Or somebody calls you on the phone and breaks up with you. You get no vote because you're not here. You've been in reaction land and you just go, you stay in reaction land. So it's a training program. But it's also about, about just calming your asses down and just coming back again and again. And breaking the cycle of, of mindless reaction to things, knee-jerk reactions. We don't get a vote over knee-jerk reactions right now. But eventually, we might be able to see our knee starting to move. And we go, where are you going? Come back. Okay. You know. And that makes us a better person. Because then that jerk at work who, who does all the wrong things all the time and pisses me off, you just look at him and you see, you see other people also, just like you, get, have no vote. And they are also creating suffering for themselves, just like we create suffering for ourselves. And so there's a little bit of compassion that just naturally arises. Compassion meaning you see these other people are just as stuck as I am. How can I, you know, if I don't want to judge myself, I can't really judge these people either. You know, if I want, once you start being better to yourself and not hating yourself for being such an idiot, then you see other people are just like you. And, you know, if, if I don't have a vote and I'm trying, what about these people who aren't even trying? Then you start to feel, I wish something would be better for them. And you don't take it personally, their actions. You are not the target. But that, it may start here, but it has to come down to the real, real you know, it has to become real. That's how it makes you a better person. You're less self-centered. You don't go through the whole day as if the whole universe revolves around yours, your life and what you get and what you don't have and what you want and what this is like now. That there are billions of people out there just like you who don't have what they want. So, you know, you start to... You st it. Maharaji never told us, never instructed us to do practice for the sake of our own enlightenment, whatever, or our, for our own sake. He literally said, don't think about yourselves. How? Well, when you're doing practice, when you're doing Sri Ram Jairam, you're not really thinking about yourself the same way. And then you see yourself, you catch yourself, or you recognize that you've just been dreaming about something, and you come back. So that's very different than just going through the day completely asleep. You've, you've, and you've uh, introduced something into your life that can keep bringing you back from sleep, from dreamland, again and again. It's a very, it's really a very gentle practice over time. It's not, there's not a lot of bombs that go off and bright lights and everything like that. It's just becoming a better person and, and more at peace with yourself and with everything that comes to you in your life. And on the devotional side, a, dev a devotee will say, everything in my life is here because my guru wants it here. And so everything in my life is his teaching to me. And so 
I would take this as his prasad. I will deal with it as if he gave it to me. It might be a broken leg, or it might be a pain in the back. It might be you lose your job. It doesn't mean you don't feel bad about it, but you have a context for it because that's who you are. You are somebody who believes that God or Guru is running the show from the inside out. And so everything that happens has to be surrendered to, not, not, not uh, capital S surrendered. In other words, that means accepted in this bigger context. You can still fight against it. You can still go look for a new job. You can still go talk to your boss. But the edge of self-survival isn't so strong. It, it's, it gets easier to go through the day because it isn't all about me, even if it looks that way. It's just a change that happens through practice. It's a maturing, a ripening, actually, is what it is. Really, these practices are ripening practices. They ripen us. It's not like we have to learn anything. We just have to move ourselves into the sun, and then our souls are ripened, our, our, our lives are ripened. And in that ripening, we become sweeter and more caring and a better, better people. I hope. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.